Welcome to Perfectly Imperfect, a podcast that explores mental health, especially for folks of color. I'm your host, Johnzel Anderson. I'm a licensed therapist and owner of Panoramic Counseling in Richmond, Virginia. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion. Hi, everyone. I am very excited for this episode because it's actually the first time I've done an episode that wasn't part of the Mental Health Book Club since December, I believe. So this episode is kind of like a story time. On this podcast, I talk about a variety of topics mostly related to, you know, mental health, race, injustice, and those sorts of things. Well, a situation happened to me this week that kind of coincides with all of those topics. So as part of my own, uh, I guess you would say therapy or uh, having outlets for things in life, my writing and my podcast have become the vehicles to do that. I went back and forth in my head about like, well, do I want to write an essay about this or do I want to talk about it on the podcast? And quite frankly, the situation was so like overwhelming and ongoing that I figured I would just get on here, share what happened and see where it goes. So I'm calling this episode An Injustice at the Public Library. For background, I live in the Richmond, Virginia area. There are, I guess you would call counties surrounding uh, Richmond, Virginia, one of which is Chesterfield County, and another one is Henrico County. And I actually don't live in Richmond proper. I live in a town called Colonial Heights, which is south of Richmond, uh, adjacent to Petersburg, Virginia. So I'm sharing that as kind of a an overview to kind of set the scene for this story. So I moved to Richmond in 2015, and I lived in Richmond City uh, when I moved here. So shortly after I got here, if, if you know me or if you've listened to this podcast or followed any of what I do on the internet, you know that I love books. And so, of course, I got a library card, and the part of Richmond City that I lived in was right on the line between um, uh, East Richmond, known as Churchill, and Henrico County. And so the actual closest library to the apartment that I lived in was in Henrico. Uh, So I went over to the Henrico Library, I got a library card, and... Yeah, I didn't think anything of it. They didn't, uh, you know, I gave them my address and things like that. And they're like, here, here's a here's a library card. I never knew that sometimes libraries um, are very specific on where you live, but we'll get into that later. So I got the library card when I first moved here. I used it. I'm I'm pretty big on using digital content such as audiobooks or uh, Kindle books. And oftentimes you can just have your library card and use different apps uh, that allow you to access the library's digital catalog. I've not been too big on checking out actual physical copies of books. So I'm, I don't know, for some reason I'm getting more into having a physical book to like hold and read lately. So I might start doing more of that. But anyway, back to what happened this week. I wrote an essay, which I can link in uh, the show notes, about how I'm trying to take more advantage of public uh, EV charging. So I have an electric car and I have a charger set up at my house to charge the car at night. However, there are several little hubs where you can go plug your car in for free and charge your car. Um, And so one of those locations happens to be in uh, Henrico near a really nice library that is pretty new uh, to the area. Uh, It's called Libby Mill uh, Library. It's very pretty. There's like fountains and it's very uh, up and coming. Like this whole, the whole Libby Mill area did not exist when I first moved to Richmond. So it's like all new construction. There's a Starbucks, there's several shops, there's restaurants, there's, it's a really pretty place. Um, and so uh, the Libby Mill um, location happens to be um, one of the biggest um, areas for free 
public charging stations. And I mentioned in my uh, essay that there's different speeds of uh, EV charging. So the free chargers are not the slowest chargers, but they're not the fastest either. So if I plug my car in, think of like a phone battery. Um, If I plug my car in, it will charge the battery about 10% per hour. So say I'm out and about and I'm driving and my car battery is down to 50%, it would take about five hours on this free charger to get it back up to 100%. That's that's a rough estimate. And so if I'm going to, you know, and so the whole point of the essay was to talk about how I'm trying to utilize more of the free public chargers so that I am using less electricity at home, thus saving money on my utility bill. Anyway, the the best place for me to find a charger and not have to wait for somebody to finish charging their car or something like that is this Libby Mill area. And when you plug your car in, it's probably only like a five-minute walk from where the chargers are to the Libby Mill library. And again, this is a gorgeous, pretty much brand new library. Very nice, um, very pretty, like scenery, landscaping, all this other stuff. It's a it's a nice place. And so I have gotten into the habit because my two choices while my car charge are go to the library or in that same parking lot, there is a Starbucks. If you know me, you know I love, love, love coffee, especially Starbucks. But I it defeats the purpose of, quote, saving money on charging my car if I'm going into Starbucks every time and getting, you know, a $5 coffee or something like that. So I instead of going to Starbucks every time while my car charges, I go to the library. And so earlier this week, I go to the I, I go to the library and uh, I have my backpack with me because I have my my laptop. I have my you know my books and different things because I I am a therapist. Um, that's my that's my day job. But uh, because I primarily see my clients online, I can work from anywhere. And so I've been to this library before and. Uh, they have the like independent study rooms where you can like go into a room and like shut a door. And that's kind of a nice switch up. Like I, I do have a home office set up, but you know, since I've been working from home since the pandemic started in March of 2020, uh, it sometimes gets kind of old to just be in your house all the time. So I do like to give myself spaces and opportunities to get out of my house. And this just seemed like a good fit. Like I can go charge my car for free. I can go into the library. I can get a study room. I can, you know, write my essays. I can edit my podcast. I can read. I can, if I have a session with a client, I can, you know, be in one of the study rooms and like shut the door and have internet access and be able to, you know, see my clients and do my sessions that way. It's just, it's a great, you know, setup, right? Um, And so because I'm going to be charging my car more, I'm like, okay, I'm going to start using this uh, free charging and I know it's going to take some time for the car to charge, but, you know, if I can find something to do in the meantime, what harm is it, right? So I go to the library, I believe it was on Tuesday. And I go in and I I explain, hey, I want to uh, reserve one of the uh, private study rooms. And, and I told her, I said, I have a Henrico library card, but I don't have the physical card. So I have an account. I've had one for since I've lived in Richmond. And uh, I'm just explaining to her, hey, I need another like a plastic card so that I am able to know what my library card number is because you need the library card number in order to go to the second floor and then reserve the private study rooms. And so the person who I get, um, and side note, I typically use pseudonames when I write essays about situations that I find myself in. This situation is so fucked up, I don't give a fuck about reserving these people's names, so I'm using their real names. So this woman named Megan um, at the circulation desk is the person I speak to, and I say, hey, I have a a Henrico uh, library card. I just don't have the physical card anymore. And I understand that there's probably like a $1 fee to replace it. And I'm like, that's cool, I can pay that. And so 
I explained to her, hey, I, I need a new library card. She's like, cool. Can I get your uh, driver's license? I said, absolutely. I pull my driver's license out. She scans it into the system or whatever, because you know how licenses have barcodes on the back, and it automatically populates my information into the system. And so since I got my library card, my address has obviously changed because people move. Uh, and so I, it went from having the Richmond City address in the system to having Colonial Heights, which she's like, oh, you're now a resident of Colonial Heights. You're not eligible to have a library card here. And at first I'm like, okay. Um, and, and mind you, I'm just, truly just trying to get a physical copy of my library card that I already have, like that I already have an account for that I've had for years. And um, I can, I don't know how long this woman has worked there, but I can tell that she's either very new or not too, I don't, I'm trying not to give too much of my opinion about this. She seemed very new and like she didn't really know much of what she was doing when she was going through this process. But let me continue. So she says, oh, well, you live in Colonial Heights now. So in my issue from the jump is this. It was the way that I was talked to felt very exclusionary. So she's like, oh, well, you don't, you, you don't, you can't have a library card here. And I said, I work. <laughs> I work in Henrico. My business is registered to a Henrico address. Uh, when I do see clients in person, I sublease an office that is in Henrico. I have a PO box for my business in Henrico. I even like part of my business is life coaching. I do uh, life coaching with a individual who lives in Henrico and most of our activities are in Henrico. So in my opinion, I I I live and work in Henrico just like anybody who like physically owns a, a house or rents an apartment there. And so I'm explaining to her, I'm like, well, I don't have a home address in Henrico, but I do have a business address. And so then she goes into, well, do you pay taxes to the county of Henrico? And I said, well, I mean, I, like I said, I have my business here. And the way business uh, taxes work in the county of Henrico, you have to make, I want to, don't quote me on this, but I believe you have to make about uh, half a mil or a quarter mil to even be like in the bracket to pay a business license tax to the county of Henrico, it's like the threshold is pretty high. And while I do very well for myself, I do not make that much money. So when I do my business license renewal, my tax liability is $0. And so I explained to her, I said, she's like, well, I need a copy of a tax receipt. And I'm trying to set the scene for you because this, this library, it, like I said, it's a very new construction, up and coming kind of place. It's a little bougie, honestly. And it's not lost on me that I am a six foot five black man. Uh, at the time, I was wearing just, you know, like my gym clothes because I had just left the gym. I had a backpack, you know, kind of very casual looking dreadlocks and a messy bun on top of my head. Like, I, I didn't look like I'm a business casual type of person or whatever, but it, it did strike me as odd because it was mostly white people in that library and around that area. And it just really felt like if I were a white man or a white woman in different attire with a different appearance, would this woman have asked me all of these questions? Because I truly have a hard time believing that you're asking people to furnish their personal tax receipts and things like that to prove that they are eligible to access a public service. It felt very invasive. Um, and then, of course, Megan hides behind the whole, oh, well, this is the library policy and stuff like that. Now, I understand that there's rules and technicalities and stuff like that, but it really felt some kind of way because I felt like I was getting 20 questions for something as simple as a library card. Now, 
for some context, if you, uh, but based on their policy, if you do not fall in the jurisdiction or whatever, and you're not a, quote, Henrico resident or someone who is deemed in the criteria to have the privilege of having a library card, you can pay 20, uh, I want to say $25 uh, every six months to have a library card. Friends, I have $25 to access this library. It's truly nothing to me. Like, that is a, a lunch for two, okay? I, it's not that I don't have the money to pay the thing. It's more so I already have the library card. I already have an account. I've already been checking out books digitally. And, like, I've actively been using my library card, just not physically going into branches and checking out physical copies of books, but I've been using the library for years and years and years. And the only reason that my address has never been updated is because I always had the physical card and I just happened to misplace it. So as I'm, and mind you, I'm, so I'm standing at the circulation desk. This woman is like trying to give me 20 questions. And my, my thought at the time as I'm doing this, first of all, I'm getting frustrated because I just want, I really just want my library card number so I can go upstairs and get my independent study room and do what I got to do. So I'm standing at the circulation desk longer than I need to be. Um, as I'm talking to her, it's weird. It's really weird. So there's a button, I guess, under the desk that she has. And because uh, I heard her say, oh, I'm going to call for backup, which is weird. It's really weird that they call, they they talk like that. It's not like you're a, a cop or something and you need back. It's just really weird. It felt very like passive aggressive. So she pushes the button and some other chick comes up. And I guess that is really to, if the desk gets backed up, they can call someone to like, like say there's a line of people trying to check out or something. They probably use that to have, you know, another librarian come up uh, to help other, you know, patrons to, you know, move the line along or whatever. But when this person comes up, there was nobody waiting in line behind me as I'm having this conversation with Megan about just trying to get a replacement library card, right? And so I explained to her again, I, I have a business in Henrico. I therefore deserve to uh, continue to access the public library as I've been doing for several years, whether or not I physically live here or not, especially since I have an established business. I'm like, I can show you my Google listing. I can show you my website. I can show you my business license registration. I can show you the form that says I owe $0 in taxes. If And she's like, well, we have to have a tax receipt. Uh, to to and I guess the rationale is if you pay taxes to the city of Hen or the county of Henrico, then you just you then have the privilege of whatever. But the reality is, if I buy lunch or if I buy Starbucks or if I all of that stuff is paying taxes to the county of Henrico. So the this whole technicality of you need to have paid personal property taxes to the county of Henrico is just stupid to me. Whether it's their policy or not, it's very dumb. And again, I also believe that if I was a white man in a business suit, th there would not have been any problem whatsoever. I do believe that there is an element of gatekeeping and racism going on here. And some could say that I'm making it about race or that I'm assuming things, but I'm also a black man in this damn country and I'm pretty uh, tuned to when something is not right. So anyway, I get frustrated with her. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. And so then she says, okay, well, what we'll do is we'll give you uh, as a grace period um, when your address is updated, you get six months before you have to start paying the fee to access the library or whatever. All of this was triggered apparently automatically when she scanned my license with my updated address. So I'm like, please write down my library card number so I can go get my study room. Because at this point, I emotionally have shut down because I've been staying and I looked at my phone or I'm sorry, I looked at my watch um, to see how long I had been standing there because I actually did have an appointment with a client uh, online. And I was like, okay, I need to make sure I get upstairs and get settled so that I can do this appointment. And 
I was at that circulation desk for about 25 minutes going back and forth with her. And the the tone of the whole thing was, first of all, you're being invasive. I, I can't imagine you really uh, having people hand, hand over their tax receipts and stuff like that for a fucking library card that you know, literally everyone should be able to have a library card. We all pay taxes, whether it be to a certain municipality or whatever. Like, obviously, the library is well-funded. There's all sorts of, like, extra shit in there that is above and beyond that probably never gets used, right? But at the end of that, it was like, wow, I literally am being told that I can't access this public service. You know, so I, I get my library card number. I go upstairs. I reserve the independent study room or whatever. And I will I will say when I got the li- she had written it down on a piece of paper and she's like keeping my license like to the side, like not even within reach of me. It's almost like and, and oh, and so when she quote called for backup, this other woman comes in and she has they're both white women. I can't remember the name of this other lady. It was probably older, probably her supervisor. And then she's just like parroting the same thing. And it's very much like, yeah, again, this is my interpretation, but it's very much of a, yeah, you don't belong here. You don't live here. You don't have a tax receipt. You don't get to come here. That was the energy that they were giving. And it was infuriating. And quite frankly, uh, you know, I've explained this in different podcast settings before, but you dissociate as a person of color who's already feels uh, the the racism and the double standards and all of that. Like, this is something so simple and so, I believe, you know, it goes back for me because it's like, my ancestors were not allowed to learn how to read uh, or to own and run businesses or to live peacefully in society. And it's like, I'm just trying to use the public library run my business, write, read, you know, live my fucking life. And I have to go through the gatekeepers, these two white women who are very hell-bent on not helping me. Because I'm very clear of, hey, (laughs) I already have this library card. You just mean to tell me that you just take library cards from people? And I said, if I had not lost my plastic card, you would have never known that I don't reside here. It, It is very weird. So... She's told, uh, I mentioned she's holding my uh, license to the side after she, quote, calls herself calling for backup. And so after she had written down my library card and I was fed up with, you know, going back and forth with her, I reached across the desk and snatched my driver's license that she was holding to the side like she was finna examine it or something. It was ri- the whole I would and I'm glad I'm on the podcast explaining it because it, it's hard to like paint the I w- it would be hard for me to paint the scene if I were just writing an essay about this. It would be very long. And so I snatched my driver's license because that's my fucking driver's license. And I grabbed the sheet of paper in front of her that has my uh, library card number on front of it because that is my account information. And and I had asked her to write it down. And she was also not, she was probably not going to give me that uh, library card number because her and her little backup, whoever she called up there, were pretty much trying to tell me, yeah, you don't get privileges to the library. But then says, oh, well, you do get a six month grace period before you have to start paying if you want to continue. Uh, but after that, if you don't, after that time, your, your uh, library card will be revoked. And so I'm pissed. I grab my shit. I get on the elevator, go upstairs, reserve my study room. And I will say that the um, the employees on the second floor who uh, helped me with reserving the, the study room were much nicer. I didn't have any issues with them. And so I go into the study room. I'm pissed. I'm, I'm texting my wife about what happened. And she's like, what in the world? Like, moving on. Wednesday, I'm, I've been doing a lot more writing lately. And I, I have an editor. Her name is Roz. And Roz, actually, it's interesting um, she she's a writer and an editor now, but she uh, is a retired lawyer, and she also uh, worked as a librarian for several years after she retired from law. So she has the unique position of kind of understanding this this story. So I was doing an editing session on Wednesday with her, and it was about it was actually about the essay that I mentioned earlier about uh, the one that I was writing about ways that I'm trying to take advantage of free public charging for my EV, but also not being inconvenienced 
while waiting for it to charge. So finding things to do while I wait. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm linking that in this, this pot, this episode's, uh, show notes, but so I'm talking, you know, we're, we're editing my piece. We're, you know, correcting some grammar, cleaning up some, you know, phrases that I said just to make it a little, you know, uh, I, I think it's very valuable to have an editor for writing because it polishes, you know, I, I think I'm a good writer, but it polishes what I'm trying to say. So, I'm talking with her and I would say on Tuesday after that situation happened I like I said I kind of dissociated a little bit because it it's either rage that happens and I knew that cussing Megan out would not fare well for me because at that point when I walked away from the circulation desk she said, "Oh, well, I'm going to talk with my higher up supervisors and I'll email you what we decide." Again, very gatekeepery, very like condescending, very, um, I have power here and I'll get back to you, basically. I told you I was standing at that desk for about 25 minutes, uh, going back and forth with her, simply just trying to get my library card number and or a replacement card, right? And so when I snatched my license and my uh, um, library card number, I was at the point of, if I stand at this desk any longer, I'm going to cuss her out. And then she can really call for backup and have someone remove me from this library because I felt very disrespected. But I did not cuss her out. God is still working on me. But anyway, um, I'm uh, fast forward to Wednesday. I'm talking to Roz and, uh, you know, we're editing my piece or whatever. And then part of the piece I was talking about, like, okay, well, while my car is charging, one of the things I'm doing to make use of the time is to uh, go to the library. And then it comes to my mind of what had happened the day before. And I said, Roz, you would you would get this because you used to be a librarian. Let me tell you what happened. And so I give her a quick synopsis of what had occurred. And she tells me that this is a very common thing that she encountered when she worked at the library. So she, I believe, is based in Philadelphia, so Philly. And um, she told me, you know, the thing about being in um, uh, an urban area like Philadelphia is that there are nicer parts and there are underfund or underfunded parts, right? So she said <clears throat> in her time uh, in the library that there would be, you know, folks who lived in the less funded areas, they would go and get their library card there in their neighborhoods, and then they would travel to the nicer areas where the libraries were nicer, had more resources and stuff like that. And because they had their Philadelphia, you know, library card, they had the privileges and the ability to do that. And she said, you know, uh, obviously I like Roz and, you know, respect her and know that she's not like a bigot or a racist. And so she told me when she was working at the library that she had co-workers who were very gatekeepery. So they would almost like try to suss out who really lived in that particular, you know, because she was in the suburbs. Um, tried to like, you know, almost like gatekeep of who could come into the library and who could do what based on, you know, where they were actually from. Whereas, of course, Roz never gave anybody any issues. And she said, you know, I'm so glad that you're here. Like, you know, you deserve to access this public service just like any of us. Right. And so she kind of gave me, <coughs> mind you, we're editing my piece, but it was just a small like little conversation about it. And I was like, that's how the library should be. Um, if you have a library card, the librarian should just, whether or not I live in Henrico or not, does not impact this this chick's um, paycheck, right? Uh, the money's going to come in. It's a public service. It's 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 there. But after talking with Roz, I was like, oh, you know that that is that is a really good point. Like I shouldn't be, because I already felt like this was unjust. Like I really felt like. I shouldn't have to be fighting for a library card. It's simply, it's a library here. Everybody gets to come here, you know? And so after talking with her, I really, you know, got to thinking about it more. And I kind of had just put it out of my mind. I'm like, okay, I have this, quote, six-month grace period, whatever. I am I had the little slip of paper with my library card number. It was whatever. And I downloaded the the library's app 
and put the library card number in. So technically you have a digital library card when you do that. So I downloaded the app and put the library card number in. So if I did want to check out a book or something, I just scan my phone. And then that's the library card since Megan didn't want to give me a plastic library card like I had requested. So, but then I also knew, okay, this thing is going to expire in six months because of however she put it in the system or whatever. So I wasn't really thinking about it. And quite frankly, I had already like checked out uh, when I snatched my stuff and like went up to the second floor. But on Thursday, I receive a an email from Megan and uh, she, you know, she responds and says, oh, uh, and I'll actually read it to you. Good afternoon, Mr. Anderson. I was able to speak with my supervisors regarding your tax document for your business that is located in Henrico. Unfortunately, your document does not fall within our policy guidelines to extend your privilege beyond the current six-month expiration date. Our option for U.S. residents outside of Henrico, Richmond, and Chesterfield are purchasing a temporary card for six months for $13 with reduced privileges or a non-resident card for $25 with full privileges. And then she said, if you would like to read over the eligibility requirements, I have linked them here. Please feel free to reach out if I can assist further or if you have any questions. Um, So this is very, you know, cookie cutter, basically a written version of what was being told to me. Now, as I look at this email now, I realize that she gave false information in this. And again, I told you from the jump, I don't think she is that, I don't think she's been at this library very long or knows the policy very well. And I'm pretty sure she was, um, someone help her write this email so that the gatekeeping could continue. But I'm looking at the part where it says residents outside of Henrico, Richmond, and Chesterfield. She didn't say that there's reciprocation between these places, but she's saying if you don't live in Henrico, Richmond, or Chesterfield, you have to purchase uh, access to the library. And so I didn't really think of it at that point, but I'll get more to that because here's the thing. I live in Colonial Heights, which the part of Colonial Heights that I live in is when I, you know, like I said, when I lived in Richmond, the closest library was a Henrico library. So I went there. Uh, and where I live in Colonial Heights, the closest library is in technically Chesterfield, which is, uh, it's a part of Chesterfield called Ettrick. And so because I live so close to that library, I'm able to get a library card there. And so I have a Chesterfield County library card, right? And, um, but I didn't think of it at this point. So moving on, I get that email. I'm enraged because it's basically, you're once again telling me I can't access the library for free. Again, folks, I understand I could have just paid the fee and gotten the library card and been about my day, you know? However, again, actually, I don't care if someone thinks I'm making this all about race because my experiences and what people who look like me have had to go through, uh, it's valid. So not too long ago, Black people had to take fucking tests to be able to prove that they could vote, even though they had the constitutional right to be able to vote. Um, And so people would gatekeep and try to prevent them from accessing that right and that service. I understand that this is just a library card. However, it does not lost on me the similarities of this. And so, again, my whole thing is, if I want to go to a library, read books, use the internet, access, you know, independent study rooms and stuff like that, I should be able to do so, like everybody else who's able to do that, right? So anyway, my response to her email uh, after I waited a couple of hours, because again, I did not want to react and cuss her out, at least in the written word, because that could be used as evidence. Um, so when I did respond, I said, I find it interesting that I was originally granted the library card when I lived in Richmond City and gave y'all a Richmond, Virginia address. From my interactions with y'all the other day and now this email, it's apparent that y'all just weren't interested in me having access to the library. I find it really hard to believe that you ask everyday people for their tax receipts and proof of residency. But worry not, this will be escalated. Take care. And I 
my email automatically has a signature on there. So it says John Zell Anderson, licensed professional counselor. And then it has a link to all of the, like my business, my, my writing, my, you know, all of the stuff that I do. So I didn't even think about it at the time, but she probably didn't think of me as being somebody who is, other than the fact that I said I had a business and Henrico, she probably didn't think of me as being a a working professional. She, I really believe that she looked at me like, oh, this this black person um, who doesn't, you know, he looks like he's just trying. I don't know what she thinks I look like. You know, I think I look great. Um, I guess I look kind of sporty if you think about it, because I was wearing my gym clothes and I'm kind of, you know, hair kind of messy on the top of my head because I don't have to impress anybody. It's my goddamn hair. Right. And I don't go out into public to try to I'm not with the respectability politics. Literally, fuck y'all. If you feel some kind of way of not fuck y'all, the listeners, but just anybody who has something to say about how I appear or something like that. I'm beyond that because I've spent too many years of my life worrying about what other people think of me and I'm not doing it anymore. It's too much emotional energy and I'm, I'm just not doing it. So whatever sort of interpretation this this woman had of me, uh, she clearly didn't realize that she got the wrong one. So I sent that email off and honestly, the last part of, but worry not, this will be escalated. It was, I wouldn't say it's a threat, per se, but I just wanted her to know this ain't the last you heard from me because you got me fucked up. But I didn't say that. I just said, but worry not, this will be escalated, right? And so clearly that response to her uh, had her, I don't know, shook, whatever you want to call it. So um, she responds back and then I can tell that she's then getting other people involved because of how she writes it. So here's the response uh, a few hours after that. Thank you for the quick reply, Mr. Anderson. Your response leads me to believe I failed to resolve your questions in a satisfactory manner. I will further, uh, I will explain in further detail below, or if you'd like to discuss the matter by phone, I'd be happy to do so at this number. My work hours are listed below. I have also shared your response with my supervisors in case you wanted to speak with them. Henrico Library has a reciprocal agreement with Richmond that allows residents of Richmond to obtain cards for free with proof of residence in the city. Richmond Library also allows Henrico residents to obtain a card free with proof of residence. The city of Colonial Heights does not have a reciprocal agreement with Henrico County. Since you have moved outside the reciprocal agreement area, there are limited options for waiving the non-resident fee. One of those options is to show a paid personal property tax receipt from Henrico County. This only applies to personal property taxes and not business taxes or waivers of business taxes. Uh, I did not have I did not have experience with the particular document you were offering to present, so I thought I should ask my supervisors instead of providing incorrect information. I apologize for any inconfusion that decision may have caused. And she's like, if you'd like to contact my supervisor to further discuss our policy guidelines, you may call the number hosted above or if there's anything else, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, first of all, again, this email is very cookie cutter. It's very curated. It's very much she knows probably because I said this will be escalated. She probably wanted to come correct because she knew that she had to say it correct. Because also when you email somebody, that is a paper trail. It's also not lost on me that she initially uh, requested that responses to this email be by phone call because on phone call, you can deny what you said. You can say I'm making assumptions. I'm going off of my intuition. So take that for um, what, what it may be. So... My quick response to that is, so it sounds like you have a reciprocal agreement with Chesterfield uh, based on her last email. And I said, I have a rental property there. And I also have a library card in Chesterfield County. And And I did soften it up, you know, not to be so direct, but also just letting her know like, hey, I'm a human. So I my I signed off on that next email response with, at the end of the day, I'm just trying to access the public services that I and everyone else pays into. That's all I said. Then <laughs> she passes the email thread on to her supervisor. So then I'm going back and forth with her supervisor and this the supervisor then says, oh, Megan asked me to respond to your email. And then she proceeds to give me the same fucking cookie cutter information 
that um, this other one has been saying to me about, oh, well, you could just pay the fee and this and that, and we don't have a reciprocal agreement or whatever, which to me, I think there's, especially if she passed the email on, meaning, and I, it doesn't, it, I have no be- reason to believe that the email threads in the back and forth between me and Megan had not already been, she didn't already have her supervisor looking over her shoulder and guiding her on what to say. So the fact that when she did get on, the the supervisor got on the email, her name is Elizabeth. I told you I ain't, I ain't protecting, I ain't pseudonaming nobody because this whole situation is fucked up. And if they find out that I'm talking about them, that's neither here nor there. So moving on. Um, Elizabeth gets on the email. She literally regurgitates the same fucking information that I had already read. I had already been told. And quite frankly, it's condescending to tell somebody the same information multiple times. For me personally, I interpret that as an insult to my intelligence. And you're talking down to me. If especially if you're looking at the email thread and see that this information has already been shared with me and you led your email with I am I have reviewed these emails and here's my response. It's just disrespectful. So I'm not even going to read that email because it's the same it's the same information. But also clearly she didn't read the part where it said I have a rental property in Chesterfield. Now background story on that one. My grandmother who is how old is she? 80? 80 years old? I basically I take care of her financially. Like she she gets a little bit of social security but it's not enough to live off of. So I pay about half of her rent and you know other I am very blessed in my business and I make enough money that in February I bought her a brand new car because I wanted her to have something safer. And so I do take care of my grandma. Her apartment that I technically lease in my own name because when her income is so low that she would not be eligible to get the apartment that she has. So I'm technically, I lease an apartment in my name that she lives in, right? Same thing with the car that I bought her is in my name, but it's, you know, it, it. and so I do, for lack of a better term, have a rental property in Chesterfield that taxes and all this other stuff is going into so because she didn't read my email she didn't say she didn't read the part where it says i have a a rental property in in chesterfield but she did say uh at the end of things she says well since your license says you live in colonial heights that's what we're going by and so even in this and i'm talking about elizabeth here so even though she clearly read that I said, I have a rental property in Chesterfield. She went back to, but your license says uh, Colonial Heights. Most people (laughs) know that driver's license and IDs and stuff like that usually not 100% accurate. Like most people's driver's license don't have the actual address that they live at because people move so much, right? But this is just another part of the story where, of course, this person who's not is not a person that I've been talking to. I guess she's the supervisor, whatever. But again, she's trying to get me on a technicality saying, well, your driver's license says that you are in Colonial Heights and you've told us that you own a home in Colonial Heights that you live in. And I'm like, OK, however, people can have multiple residences. Right. And so this is me really like at this point, I'm just like. And I've said this before, but y'all got me really fucked up. Like, all I want to do is just be able to use the goddamn library near the fucking EV chargers. Like, and I'm not saying it like this. I'm not talking to these people like this. This is just me being me on my podcast or whatever. But so at this point, I'm like, okay, y'all want to y'all want to go on technicalities. Y'all want to talk about policies. Okay, so now you told me that if you live in Chesterfield, you can get a library card with Henrico. Bet I have a fucking lease in Chesterfield County because I pay for my grandma's rent and I also have a Chesterfield library card. So at this point, and I <clears throat> I respond to her email because she was like, oh, well, you may have the rental property, but you live in Colonial Heights. And my response here was to her email. I said, I am considered a resident of both Chesterfield and Colonial Heights. I own a home in Colonial Heights, which is the address on my license. I also lease an apartment in Chesterfield. I have a Chesterfield library card as well. So what would be the next steps to getting my card reinstated? It's interesting because nobody responded to that email. 
and it was well within business hours. And up until that point, the responses came through quick. No response the next day. So at that point, I'm like, oh, okay, this is this is what we're doing. Okay. <sighs> so Friday, I, I I wait a little while for the the you know the library to open and stuff like that. I'm I go to the gym and I'm like, I got time. I'm gonna I'm going to give the library a call. And rather than talk to Megan or Elizabeth, I said, I want the supervisor who's the highest up. So I get this chick named Martha. Um, could not make this up. Everyone, Lily White. And as is customary for this particular library in this particular part of town, and it just goes great with the aesthetic of, I am a Black person just trying to access services, and y'all are giving me the most uh, difficulty, right? And so um, I speak to Miss Martha, who's an older lady who, again, um, I guess they must do a training of gatekeeping and excluding people who don't seem to fit in at the library or whatever, because you you can't convince me that they do this to uh, white people who go to the library. I, I just, I wouldn't believe it, um, honestly. And so I call the library because I'm like, don't let me, don't let me go in here and not be prepared or whatever. So I, I call the library and I say, hey, can I speak with the the highest supervisor? Oh, th- she's with somebody right now. Is there something I can help you with? Lady, I don't know you. I said, but I'll wait. I said, put me on hold. I want to talk to the person who's in charge of this bitch because, um, and when I say this bitch, I mean the library. <sighs> so Martha gets on the phone. I have to explain to her how I've been going back and forth with Megan. I've been going back and forth with Elizabeth. And they're basically, I'm like, I want a library card. I have a library card. I've had a library card for years. And all I wanted was a replacement plastic card so that it's more convenient to use the the study rooms. But at this point, these people are telling me, your library card's going to be revoked in six months. You don't deserve to be here. And none of the information that you provided us is good enough. And we're going to continue with our efforts to revoke your access to this library. And Martha thinks she's going to get on the phone with me and regurgitate that because Martha has been involved throughout this process. And I know this because as I'm talking to Martha, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm familiar with this situation. I was like, situation is in... A, a black man trying to, you know, use his library card that he's had for years. Hmm, it's interesting. You're you're familiar. Great. So I told her, I said, so based on your own policy that your little employees have sent me and stuff like that, the loophole, I didn't call it a loophole, but the loophole that I found is that if you're a resident of Chesterfield County and have a Chesterfield County library card, you can reciprocate that with the county of Henrico. Bet. I have a, a Chesterfield County library card, which I do have the plastic card of, because in Colonial Heights, where I live in Colonial Heights is in such close proximity to Chesterfield County via Ettrick Library that I have the library card. It's always like, why do I have to jump through all these hoops to get a fucking library card? Is the question I've asked myself several times. And it's a question that everyone I've been talking to about the situation has asked. Is like, what the fuck? Like, it's a library card. It's, it's some, like... Most most people don't fucking read. Like, you should be happy that I'm over here using the services because if somebody uses the library, you stay employed, lady. But that's neither here nor there. So I am <laughs> I'm on the phone with Martha and I'm like, hey, uh, based on your own policy, uh, that has been because she's trying to give me the same cookie cutter information, like, oh yeah, you it, it sounds that you live in Colonial Heights. Unfortunately, there's nothing we can do. And I said, No, no, no. I said, what you're not going to do is give me the same information again. And I, I was very direct because at this point, she's admitted that she's been involved in this whole back and forth with these other chicks. And I said, you're not going to, I said, I don't need you to read off the the policy to me. It's been emailed to me multiple times in this email thread as if I can't read. I said, we're not doing that. So I said, the purpose of this phone call is this. I technically am considered a resident of Chesterfield County. And she's like, so you mean to tell me that the information you gave about you residing in Colonial Heights is incorrect? I said, once again, I am technically a resident of Chesterfield County. I have a lease in Chesterfield County. Now, 
I did not let this lady know that the only reason I have a lease is because I leased an apartment for my grandmother, but it's also none of her goddamn business. Just like it was none of their goddamn business how much taxes I paid to the, the uh, Henrico County and all this, because again, I want to see proof of you doing this shit to a white person, because I guarantee you they don't. I just, I, and it's an assumption, but it's my experience. So anyway, I'm on the phone. I said, I have a lease in Chesterfield. I'm, I'm very direct. I'm like, this is based on your policy. I have a lease in Chesterfield County. I'm happy to show you a copy. And I also have a Chesterfield library card, which is also part of your policy to say that if you have a Chesterfield library card, you can get a library card in Henrico County. And so I'm on the phone with her and she's like, so just, just for my purposes, you're saying that you reside in Chesterfield County. My response was, sure. And she's like, sure. Because what she's trying to do is get me to say that I don't really live in Chesterfield County, that I live in Colonial Heights, but she's trying to get me to say it a certain way so that she can once again exclude me from getting my library card reinstated. And so my response was just, sure. And she's like, okay, you're going to have to show a copy of the lease and uh, a copy of your your library card. I said, absolutely. I said, what time do you are you going to be there today? And she's like, well, my shift ends at one o'clock. I said, okay, I'll see you before you leave today. I wish that I could just like have like recording of this conversation. When I tell you the tone that Martha and all these other people that I've talked to had, it was very like, think of like, the like snotty bratty like bully that you remember from like middle school that's just like yeah i got you you know like i i'm in control and there's nothing you can do about it you know this is the energy i'm getting from these people as i'm talking to them via email in person on the phone whatever right and so as i'm talking to her on the phone mind you uh i'm headed to my grandma's apartment in Chesterfield County that I pay the rent for to go get lunch with her, right? And so I'm like in my car on the phone, you know, driving there. I got it on Bluetooth, whatever. whatever. And as I'm pulling into my grandma's apartment, I remember it vividly. I, I told her, I said, after she said, yeah, I, I'm leaving at one today. I said, okay, I'll see you before the end of your shift. It wasn't a threat. It was just a this is what's going to happen. You told me your business hours, and I'm going to make sure that I'm there to get this resolved. I said, when I arrive before 1 o'clock, before your shift ends, I would like for my library card to be waiting for me. Um, I said, you've now got all the information you need. Or I said, if, if it's not waiting for me, I said, at least have this information written down so that I don't have to explain to whoever happens to be at the desk at the time and go through all of this again. I said, I'm going to get there. And I'm going to get my library card. And I do not want to explain this whole situation over again. Because I said, at this point, it's been way too difficult. And I said, the fact that y'all are over here gatekeeping and making it so difficult for someone to access a public service is quite ridiculous. And then she was like, that's fine. And she's like, and just know that, that there is a $1 card replacement fee since you lost your, your card. And I, I paused for a second to breathe. And then I said into the phone, I said, Martha, with how y'all have had me go back and forth over this library card to get to the point where you're now saying that you're going to grant the library card because I got you on your own policy, I said, you need to find a way to waive that $1 fee. Because I said, I'm coming into the library, I'm not paying you anything, and I will leave with my library card. At that point, I hung up in her face because I said what I had to say and she was really trying to, and again, folks, I got the dollar. I got the $25. I got whatever it could cost to access this library. That is not the issue. The point is, I know the experiences of not even just in history, but just day to day, people being excluded from places because of the color of their skin, because someone feels that they don't belong somewhere. And I will be goddamned if. I've worked as hard as I've worked and gotten to where I am to be to just give up and and say, oh, yeah, I'll pay this fee. You got me fucked up. I'm not paying for no goddamn library card. That is the one thing out of everything in life that we have to pay for. I'm not paying for a library card. 
And the in the initial when I first went up to the desk on Tuesday, I would have been more than happy to pay that one dollar to replace my library card because technically I did lose my plastic card. Anyway, I was ready to pay my one dollar. But after all of this stuff that I've just shared with y'all on this podcast that I had to go through to get this library card reinstated, for her to then when I tell her, hey, I'll be there by one, for her to say, okay, just know you'll have to pay a one dollar fee. It was just the it was like one last dagger that's like, ha, I'm going to get you somehow because you can't, you're not going to win completely. And when I tell you the, it's hard to describe, but just imagine me sitting in my car, <laughs> waiting for my grandma to come down from her apartment so we can go get lunch. And I'm sitting there and when she says the thing about the dollar, I swear to you, I like stepped out of my body. I'm like looking, it, it it truly felt like one of those like movie moments. I like I felt like I left my body, went, and I just I'm looking at like my ancestors and people decades before me who had to fight to be able to and I and I promise you I'm not trying to be dramatic, but like I think of like having to go sit in a restaurant that said whites only to prove, not to prove, but to communicate to the masses that I belong here to, that my humanity matters. And I I I saw that. I I thought of the 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 poll taxes and the the literacy test and the 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 just even in current day where you can just be shot dead for being black while driving a fucking car. Like all of the different things. And I'm like I know that in the grand scheme of things, my safety is not being threatened. My, you know, if worst case scenario, I had to pay this fee or whatever, it really wouldn't be a huge deal. But for me, I felt like this was something that was worth taking a stand for. And so when I responded, I said, Martha, after everything that y'all have done and have tried to prevent me from getting this library card, I said, you will figure out a way to waive the $1 fee. I will be there by one. And then I hung up in her face. That's what I did. So I go to have lunch with grandma. <laughs> My grandma's like, why are you like, because I was not in a great mood because I'm, I'm, <sighs> breathing through this one. I'm glad I talked about it on the podcast and not an essay because that would have been a hard piece to write. But I'm sitting at lunch with my grandma eating my salad. And she's like, you're not in a good mood. And it's a conversation for another day, but I am mixed race and my grandmother is white. And my grandma at times can be rather racist and bigoted. But again, conversation for another day. I didn't have the energy to explain to her what was really going on, but I had allies such as my wife and the the young man that I mentor who I had kind of let him know what was going on. And he's like, yeah, that's really fucked up. And I had Roz, you know, my editor, who was like, uh, you you show that, you know, and I was emailing Roz in the meantime, even after my editing. And I said, hey, this is what's going on. And I said, I found a loophole, you know, I, I can show the lease of, you know, my grandma's apartment that I have my name on and stuff like that. And she's like, absolutely, bring the lease over there and tell them to give you your library card. So, and it was great because she's also like a lawyer. So it's like, oh, I, I really have the backing of people who know what's going on here. I'm not exaggerating. Like sometimes you need outside people not to just co-sign you to make you feel better, but to let you know, like, no, based on what you're telling me, this is unjust. And so I'm at lunch with my grandma and she's like, oh, you're in a bad mood or whatever. And I'm like, I just have a lot on my mind, grandma. Let's eat lunch. And I, I drop her off, you know, and then I proceed to go to the library. And I walk in that library. I still wear a mask everywhere except for the gym. And when I see clients in person, which is only twice a month, uh, because COVID ain't no ho. I, I don't want to, I don't want COVID again. Um, and so people can be like, oh yeah, the pandemic is over, whatever. I wear my mask. Okay. So I go in the library, I have my mask on and it's probably for the best that she couldn't see my face because I'm sure I had like a death glare and a look on my face like I'm ready to fight. So I have my mask on or whatever. I go up to the the circulation desk and who is standing at the circulation desk but Miss Martha. And 
I walk up to the desk. I don't say, hey, how are you doing or anything like that? I said, my name is John Zell Anderson. That woman looked like she saw a ghost and she she kind of stuttered a little bit. And she's like, oh, hi, Mr. Anderson. She, I, I don't know what was going on, but she must have not thought that I was really going to show up before she left for the day. She had the wrong one. That's all I said to her. I said, my name is John Zell Anderson. I pulled up the lease on my phone and I, and I gave her my driver's license and I just sat them both down in front of her. No words. She typed the information into the computer and she handed me my library card and she says, you need to sign the back. I grabbed the marker. I signed the back. John Zell Anderson, licensed professional counselor, just because. And she's like, I hope you have a great weekend. There were no words other than, my name is John Zell Anderson. Between when I walked into that library and when I grabbed my library card and went to the elevator to go to the second floor to get the the study room. Because I was so, like, the, just how I felt about the whole situation. And it was like, and so anyway, as I grabbed my library card, she's like, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. The t- <sighs> Friends, the tone that she said it, it was just so condescending. I wanted to punch her in her damn throat. So once again, I just snatched my card, my ID, my phone, which had the lease pulled up on it. I didn't say hi, bye, or kiss my ass. I wanted to say fuck y'all, but I didn't. I went to the, the study room. I, I reserved it. I closed the door. And I breathed for a little bit. I drank some water because I truly felt like, you know, even though I got justice in the end, it was like, it should not be like this. It should not be this difficult to get access to something so simple. But I took a picture of my me holding my library card and I sent it to, I'm gonna use a pseudonym for the person I mentor, Jalen. I sent it to Jalen because I was talking with him. He's also mixed race. And I, I, I basically told him, hey, got my library card because he knew the story. And I just wanted him to, sh- I wanted him to have an example of advocating for yourself because, you know, he's going to have to deal with racism and gatekeeping and all these other things. He's uh, very similar to me in that he's mixed race. He's the same height as me, like six four, six five. you know, big Afro hair, like, you know, and when you're tall, you just have a, you know, a presence about yourself that intimidates people, right? That as if it wasn't bad enough that your blackness intimidates, you know, white people, you have the height thing going for you too. So I sent that picture to him because I wanted him to see like, hey, this is what it looks like to advocate for yourself and to let people know that you're you're here and that you matter and that you have value, despite whatever sort of beliefs that they have. So that felt a little therapeutic in a sense that I was able to show him like, hey, I stood up for myself and this is also what I want you to be able to do for yourself, right? So that made it kind of full circle and it kind of helped me look at like, hey, at least the next generation will be able to have this small example of standing up for yourself, right? And again, I know I'm not doing anything that revolutionary or whatever, but I, it mattered to me to be able to show him like, I'm not gonna just, you know, give up. And so I did that. And then I also posted the uh, the picture that I had taken of my library card to my Instagram. And I, I, I shared a little snippet. I was like, hey, friends, uh, I have been fighting with the Henrico Library um, for the past four days to get my library card reinstated. I said, the story involves racism, gatekeeping, and a tenacious black man, that's me, uh, who was not gonna have his right to a public service blocked. And so friends, 
Thank you for listening to this story. I got my library card. Um, it's a big fuck you to the Libby Mill Library. And the funny thing about this is, is that after I finish recording this episode, the actual audio of it, I'm going to go over to the gym like I do every day. And then I am going to go to the Libby Mill area. I'm going to plug my electric vehicle in. I'm going to walk over to the Libby Mill Library. I'm going to use my new library card to reserve myself an independent study room. And I'm going to proceed to edit this podcast episode where I tell the story of how the Libby Mill Library had me completely fucked up and they got the wrong one. And it's just, it's very full circle. It's like, wow, I went through all of this and now that I've been through this, one, I have a story to tell, but two... I'm going to use that public library that did not want me there to then put the story out into the world. I just think it's a very beautiful end to the story. So I'm going to conclude this episode with a snippet from a Beyonce song, because Beyonce truly is the uh, leader of the free world, in my opinion. And I think it's just very a, a, a funny slash concise little uh, way to end off the story. Thank you so much for listening and take care of yourself. Thank you for listening. Before you go, consider supporting this podcast in some of the following ways. You can buy me a coffee with the link in this episode's show notes. You can leave me a five-star review wherever you're listening to this episode. You can follow this show in your favorite app to be notified of new episodes. And finally, you can subscribe by email with the link in this episode's show notes. Thank you in advance for your support, and I'll see you next time.